Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. So this evening we'd like to continue our exploration of this theme of right speech or wise speech, samabhacca, complete or mature expression, communication. And first I'd like to just give a little bit of context for the, uh, the importance and the relevance of this particular aspect of the teachings in the, in the Buddhist path. Uh, beautiful speech. There's this, uh, there's a sutta called the Mangala Sutta, which is a text about the, uh, the highest blessings the greatest blessings and gifts that we can experience in life. Things like having, um, being able to take care of our friends and family, having a, a meaningful trade or skill, being well-educated, living in a, a suitable environment, all of the wonderful things we can experience as human beings, all the way up to and including the fruits of awakening. And speech shows up uh, twice in this list of the 38 highest blessings. I think there are 38. Uh, one, it's uh, beautiful speech, subhasita, beautiful words. Being able to express oneself in this way is considered one of the highest blessings. And then hearing and discussing the teachings at the right time. The timely hearing and discussion of the teachings is also considered one of the highest blessings. <clears throat> We've already talked about the precepts, these ethical guidelines for living a life uh, of happiness and well-being, and speech shows up there. Um, Importantly, it's, uh, it's part of the Eightfold Path, which is where we get this phrase, right speech. In fact, it's, um, if you've studied or looked at the actual template of the, eight, the Noble Eightfold Path, it starts with wisdom teachings, our perspective on things, how we view the world, our intentions and aims, where we're coming from and the kinds of thoughts and intentions we have. These are the wisdom teachings, how we approach life and the, the qualities that we bring to bear in our intentions. And then the very next thing that the Buddha says in the Eightfold Noble Eightfold Path is pay attention to what you say. It's interesting. Before other teachings on meditation or livelihood or effort, or even the things we do, is what we say.
And um, when when one looks at the at the texts, right speech itself is defined in the negative. It's defined as what not to say. But when you start to look more closely at the texts, you see that there are many templates, many different ways that the Buddha describes how to use speech in a skillful way. It includes not only what we say, the content, it includes why we say it, where we're coming from inside. It includes how we say it, the, uh, the tone of our voice or the, the words that we use, the way we express ourselves. It even includes when we say it. So it's very comprehensive and it's also flexible that there are many different ways of looking at it. So the, the classical definition of right speech in the Eightfold Path is to abstain from four kinds of speech. To abstain from false speech, from lying, saying things that aren't true. To refrain from uh, harsh speech. So this is about the way we speak. Speech that has a tone of harshness. To refrain from malicious or divisive speech. Speech that has a intention to harm or to divide people. So where it's coming from. And then to refrain from, sometimes it's translated as idle speech, sometimes it's translated as gossip. A speech that has no use or purpose whatsoever. So this is one, one way it's talked about. I'll just read you one passage. Abandoning malicious speech, one abstains from malicious speech, not repeating what one has heard here in order to divide some people from others. One doesn't repeat to these people what one has heard elsewhere in order to divide these people from those. Thus, one is someone who reunites those who are divided, a promoter of friendships, who enjoys concord, rejoices in concord, delights in concord, a speaker of words that promotes concord. Abandoning harsh speech, one speaks words that are gentle, pleasing to hear, lovable, words that go to the heart, are courteous, desired by many, and agreeable to many. And it goes on. So there's the positive side too. When we look at the positive side, the Buddha talks about uh, five qualities that uh, when we speak with these, uh, a statement is said to be well-spoken when it's endowed with these particular five qualities. And so this is what I'd like to focus on tonight. Offer a few reflections for you to consider and for us to explore together through our relational practice. So, the first of these, I'll, I'll say what they are and then I'll say a little bit about each of them. <clears throat> so, the first is to say that which is true. So, this is about what we say. The next is to say things that are useful 
that bring benefit. So this is a little bit about what we say and also about why we say it. What's the purpose? Is there some use behind this? The next two are connected with our heart. And these are to speak with a mind of goodwill and a heart of kindness. So this is about where we're coming from. And then to speak in ways that are affectionate or gentle, which is about how we say it. So coming from a kind heart and speaking in a gentle way. And then the last is speaking at the right time in a way that's appropriate to the context. So having a sense of the timing, the right place. So this is, a, this is not about what we say or how we say, it's about when we say it, what the situation and the circumstances are. So really looking at, a, at the broader situation. And all of these work together, kind of like a matrix, and seeing where is the balance. There are some passages in your packet that you can explore later that talk about, well, if you have to say something that's um, hard to hear, that's not, that's not gentle and pleasing to the ears, how do you say it? And the Buddha says, well, you should make sure it's true, make sure it's helpful, make sure you're coming from a good heart, and make sure you find the right time and place to say it. If you have to say something that's going to be difficult to hear or that needs to come out in a slightly sharp way. Right? So it's not cut and it's not just all one way or the other. So the first of these guidelines is about saying that which is true. And there's great emphasis placed on this in the text. Because the path at its heart is about discovering the truth for ourselves, the deepest level of truth. And so when our words are out of line with reality, we're, we're dividing the mind. It's like refracting. It makes it harder to actually see clearly what's true. We're going in the opposite direction. Truthfulness is a, is a prerequisite for trust in relationships. It's the foundation for a healthy relationship, knowing that we can trust that we're being honest with one another. If that's not there, it's very difficult to have an ongoing relationship in any context. So it affects our relationships, it affects our own mind and heart things get very complicated <laughs> very quickly when we don't tell the truth. I'm just starting to have to remember who I told what to and who knows what and which story I've told to which person. And it agitates the mind. There's a way in which when we don't tell the truth, there's a disconnect that innately doesn't allow the mind to settle. That's agitating. <clears throat> So speaking, speaking truthfully supports our practice in discovering the truth. It uh, supports the sense of inner clarity and settledness and stability. It also has social implications. What happens when the government 
lies. Right? What happens, we, we see how we're contending with in our society today, fake news. How can you have civil conversation? How can you have a meaningful exploration of issues when you can't agree on, the, on facts? And the, the danger of that in terms of manipulation in society. So just imagine the, the impact on, on society, on relationships, if, if it were a given that people told the truth. This, this guideline also sometimes could be considered, when we really look closely, so there, there are gross levels of, of not telling the truth, and then there's refinement of what it means to speak in line with the truth. The Buddha talks about safeguarding the truth, that a practitioner is one who safeguards the truth. He says, if a person has a conviction, their statement, this is my conviction, safeguards the truth, but they don't yet come to the conclusion, only this is true and everything else is meaningless. So in other words, instead of saying this is the way it is, this is how I see it. This is my belief. This is my view. So it's taking responsibility for our particular perspective on things instead of universalizing it and assuming that the way that I see it is the truth. So there's a real, you can see in that, there's a real refinement in looking deeply to say, well, what is actually true? What can I actually know for certain here? And how do I speak the truth? As we'll see later this week, this is one of the guidelines in Insight Dialogue, to speak the truth. And this is a very deep exploration. What does it mean to speak in line with the deepest truth that we know? And we'll see this also in the exploration of nonviolent communication. Now we start looking at how to make a clear observation in our life, how to talk about situations without adding interpretations or judgments or evaluations. All of this is connected to a, a deep commitment to truthfulness. <laughs> the Buddha talked about truthfulness like a, a gateway uh, unwholesome action. <laughs> like gateway drugs. He says, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, he says, lying is a gateway drug for the Buddha. He says, um, one should never knowingly speak a lie, either for the sake of one's own advantage or for another person's advantage or for the sake of any advantage whatsoever. For the person who transgresses one thing, there is no harmful deed that's not to be done. What is that one thing? Telling a deliberate lie. It's like if we're willing to knowingly and deliberately outright lie, it opens the door to doing other things that cause harm because we've lost that fundamental commitment to truthfulness. And so we can contemplate this and look at this in our own life and see where am I truthful? Where am I not? Where do I bend the truth? And why? What's, what's the benefit or the reason for which I, you know, omit something or exaggerate slightly? So we can be truthful, we can be honest, 
and still cause harm. Right? So this is where um, some of the other guidelines come in. So is this useful? Will this be of benefit? What's the purpose for my speaking? How much of the time do we open our mouth without really knowing why? Without really having a sense of not only what I want to say, but why am I speaking right now? What am I hoping to add or contribute here? What's the purpose of my speech? Am I just trying to look good? Am I covering over an awkward silence? Am I genuinely interested in understanding something or contributing to some meaning? Another one of the templates that's offered in the text for uh, how to use speech to support the process of awakening is that right speech is speech that increases wholesome qualities and decreases unwholesome qualities. So this is a very interesting uh, yardstick for our speech to see how often do our words increase healthy qualities in the mind, patience, kindness, calm, equanimity, generosity, patience, simplicity? How often do they lead to unhealthy qualities like agitation, jealousy, resentment, Bitterness, anger, discontent, fear. Interesting, right? So we can, we can pay attention and begin to use our words and our dialogue to actually craft the mind, to shape our heart. And so exploring what is, what's the purpose of my speech right now? Is this useful? Is this connected to some beneficial purpose for myself or others? Am I using my energy in a wise way? It actually takes a lot of energy to speak. If you've ever been on a silent retreat, you know this. <clears throat> Come off of seven days, ten days, a month, exhausted in 20 minutes <laughs> of speaking. It takes so much mental and physical energy. So how are we using that energy? Is it connected to some benefit or purpose? So this is so truthful, helpful, helpful, useful. This is the second guideline. The next two, it's often useful to, for the sake of simplicity and training, to bring them together. So coming from a mind of goodwill and speaking affectionately, we can kind of uh, say is about having a good heart saying that which is kind, which means where it's coming from and also how we say it. Is it connected to kindness? You know, what's our intention? Not so much the aim, is this useful, is it connected to a benefit, but where am I coming from in my heart? You know, am I really connected to a sense of care for myself and another? Or is there judgment? Is there blame? Is there a righteousness, a sense of you should have and you shouldn't have and how come? Or can there be just this sense of being able to see one another's humanity 
This is something that we'll explore a lot over the next few days with some of the tools of nonviolent communication. How to stay connected to kindness and curiosity, even in challenging situations when there's content that's difficult. You know, it's all, all fine and well to sit and meditate on metta when there's, you know, no one yelling at you. Or, you know, say, how come you did this? And what's wrong with you? How do we stay connected to kindness in those circumstances? It's also important to note that kindness doesn't mean being a pushover. It doesn't mean being nice. Kindness just means that there's care in our heart. And care can look a lot of different ways. <clears throat> Sometimes care looks like, uh, hey Bart, you got, you got something in your teeth right there. He doesn't, but you know. Sometimes we have to point something out to someone that we love and say, you know, this might be hard to hear, but this is not beautiful. This is not becoming of you. And I thought you might like to know. It can be very painful when those we love or, or those we care for and trust see something about us and don't say it, don't tell us. And others, everyone else sees it. You know, it's one thing if your fly's down or you've got spinach in your teeth, but, you know, how about just some of the ways, as, you know, some of the rough edges in our personality that we're less aware of? but that other people see. I know I want my friends to point those things out and say, hey, Oren, come here. You're doing that thing again. Probably just tone it down a little. Oh, thanks, shit, I was un excuse me. I was unaware, you know? You're right, thanks. That's good to know. Sometimes being kind means saying something very forcefully, you know? Needing to be really strong with someone. The Buddha was, <laughs> he didn't mince words. If you read the text, he's pretty forceful a lot. He's a foolish, foolish man. Have I not told you <laughs> again and again? He's coming from kindness, from a place of love and care for the well-being of another, but was very forceful. So we can see that this this quality of kindness needs to be is balances the truthfulness. So how to be truthful and kind at the same time. So in spiritual circles, often silence gets overused as a as a, a defense. You know, the, the whole saying, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. And then we avoid the difficult things and they go underground. And we err on the side of not saying something simply because we don't know how to say it. So we can learn through these practices, not only how to be aware of the process of dialogue, but also how to stay connected to these uh, guidelines and find, find words and ways of expressing ourselves in any situation that are truthful, helpful, kind, and then the last of the guidelines, appropriate. Appropriate to the context. Knowing the right time and the right place. So we can, we can be really clear about, 
okay, yes, I'm, this is accurate, this is, this is truthful, really coming from a good heart, there's kindness, this is connected to some meaningful purpose, I have a sense this is going to be beneficial. But we forget to check with someone and say, hey, is now a good time? And so they can't hear it because they just got a phone call that, you know, something really difficult happened or they didn't get any sleep last night and they're really stressed out and we didn't check. So opening up our awareness beyond our own world, our own bubble, <laughs> to recognize there's another human being here that has their own life and their own thing going on and how to negotiate that contact and recognize, you know, I don't know where you're at. Let me check it out. Is this a good time? Are these the right circumstances to have this conversation? So appropriate to the, t the right time and the right place, having a, developing a sensitivity for that. And as we practice with these four guidelines of saying that which is truthful, helpful, kind, and timely or appropriate, it be, our, our words become a gift. Our listening and our speaking become something that connects us, that promotes peace and trust and respect, and that brings us closer to, uh, to fulfilling our potential by strengthening the wholesome qualities in our mind. So a lot to consider here. So we'd like to do some practice with this now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.